Hey, everybody. Welcome to Living Life with Pastor P. I'm so glad you stopped by to check out my site and podcast. If the messages you hear inspire you, please drop me an email and let me know. There may be something in it for you, especially if you're one of the first to respond. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, my site, livingwithpastorp.com. Well, let's get right into it today. I want to let you know that this is my debut podcast. Um, When you tune in, you can expect to hear sweet inspirations for daily living. And before I even begin, I have to give a big shout out to my best friend, my supporter, the one who's always encouraging me in my gift. He sees my visions and helps me to bring them to pass all the time. He's my husband of 28 years today. Today is our wedding anniversary. And I wonder if you will help me wish Pastor James a happy anniversary. He's also um, not only my husband of 28 years, but he's also the pastor of Eternal Life Worship Center. He's the founder and CEO of Studio 628. He's an awesome music producer, engineer, and artist developer. He's got so many gifts and talents, but all in all, the biggest accomplishment is that he has been motivating and encouraging and preaching the gospel for over 40 years. So we applaud you today, Pastor James. Thanks for believing in me, babe. Well, today's message is entitled The Mathematics of Life. And I just want to share with you, um, since this is my debut podcast, I want to be a little personal and I want to, I want you to get to know me. I want you to, um, really hear my heart today. And, and then as we move forward, other podcasts, um, we'll have guests on, we'll have, um, items of interest. Uh, but today I really want to, um, help you to get to know me and what my goal is for this venue. Um, I, I know that you know this and maybe you don't, but I think that you do. We all have a place inside of us that longs to know that we matter and that we mean something to someone. And so today, the mathematics of life, I want you to understand the sum total of your life. You were created in God's image and together with all of your successes and failures, coupled with God's grace and mercy, that equals your legacy. And your legacy is what people will say about you after you are gone. You might say, well, that's not very positive. Hang in there with me. It will be, I promise. Positive affirmations are so important because it shapes who we are. If a child lives with constant ridicule and rejection, they grow up to believe that they're not good enough. And we all know parents... We do our best. Our parents did their best. But even our best, we make mistakes when raising our children. It's complicated, right? Because they're all different. They don't come out with a manual. And every time you think you got it figured out with one, you get thrown a curveball and have another opportunity to practice. 
it's inevitable. We're going to pass on some of our parents' traits to our children, be it good or bad. There's going to be a transference of information because children can't help but live what they learn. We'd also like to think once we become grown that everything we do is good and everything our parents did was bad. And so then we try to recreate the wheel and keep from being our parents and train our children differently. And in some ways that's good, but in some ways that's not so good because nothing that our parents did was 100% wrong. I can truly say that I saw some bad things as a child, some things that I vowed that I'd never do, but those things still helped to make me who I am today. And I would like to say my parents were perfect, but they weren't. They were also not total rejects. My father was a hardworking man and he took very good care of us. Financially, he provided for us. And so we had the best of the best. And my mother was the same. She worked really hard. They were both always gone. The trade-off was that with them gone all the time working, they weren't around much to, to teach us many things that parents would normally teach their children. And so we learned a lot of things on our own. And in doing so, we know that when you learn things on your own, you don't always learn the things right. But I will say my parents, they were extremely generous and they were kind to others. My mother cared for so many people in her life as a nurse, and she gave them gold star treatment, whether they could pay or not. She stood by many of her patients until they passed away. And that would include my father and my grandfather, which was her father. Both of my parents would give their last to anyone in need and not think twice about it. If they had it and you needed it, they would give it to you. So you can see there's good in, in all of us. I'll tell, I tell you that abbreviated version of my story to lead into the importance of positive affirmation. With parents that were gone a lot of the time and living in the late 60s, early 70s, there wasn't a whole lot of positive affirmation going on. As a matter of fact, you had to get it for yourself. And so it was more of the tough love and uh, figure it out and learn as you go. And in some ways that made me a stronger person. It made me a resilient person. It made me a very patient person. Um, but overall, if I could say I wish I had been affirmed as a child, I'd have to say that I do. I wish I had been affirmed and was able to understand positive affirmation before I came to the Lord. But beloved, I need you to know that your life is your life for a reason. Your life is your life so that you can share it with someone else who's in the same boat as you. And you're able to say, I understand how you feel because I've been there. That carries so much more weight than, oh, yeah, I get it. And you've never even experienced what they're talking about. You can't possibly get it. 
It's important that we see good even in our bad. We have to believe people work within the confines of who they are and we all make choices to do and be better and to perpetuate the good that we learned. Some cases we don't, but either way, no one person that God created is 100% bad. Today, I want to talk to women in particular, how we view ourselves and how we love ourselves. If you'd like, grab a notepad or a journal. I want to ask you to jot down a few questions. How do you view yourself is the first question. When you look in the mirror, and then I pause because I think about when we look in the mirror, it's a fleeting glance, I'm sure, because most of us are so busy running here and there. We don't have a whole lot of time to pause in front of the mirror. But if you paused in front of the mirror and you looked at yourself, what would you see? Would you see your blemishes? Would you see your hair that's out of place? Would you see the imperfections in what you're viewing through that image? Or would you see someone who is fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of the almighty God who made you perfect in every way and made you perfect for a reason? Do you take time for self-care? What steps do you take to ensure you're happy and whole? Do you even know how to do this? What are you speaking over yourself? Are you saying anything at all? I want you to know, women of God, that it can be difficult to spend time on ourselves. I know it. You know it. The universe knows it. But guess what? It's so, so, so important. Because when we take a minute for ourselves, then we have something left for someone else. Giving is great. But when you've depleted yourself of everything you have, what's left to give? So when you look in the mirror, I want you to say to yourself, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The shape of my face, it's perfect. The coils of my hair, they are beautiful. My eyes are the window to my soul. And when the right person looks deep within, they see the beautiful woman that I am. I want you to take a minute to mouth to yourself how great the God is that created you and how perfect he saw himself in and through you. Speak well of yourself. It's okay. The Father has given us many affirmations in his word, and we have every right to speak these affirmations over our life. Did you know that the National Science Foundation conducted a study and concluded that many thoughts 
the average person has are negative. Out of the thoughts that they have, 80% of them are negative. And 95% of those thoughts are the same things that we play over and over and over again. We don't have to rely on science and statistics to know words either hold us back or propel us forward. The power of what we experience is in our mouth. An affirmation is whatever we say out of our mouth. It determines the trajectory of our life. It is the difference between a good day and a bad day. And as believers, we should be meditating on and confessing the word of God. It's not enough to just think it. That's a start, but it's got to come out of our mouth. I believe that in this season, with as much devastation as our world has seen, and some of our families and loved ones have endured, that God wants to rebirth dreams. We've been through so much as a nation, and God is refining us, just like going through fire. And I know that many of us are going to come out unburned, ready for the next season of our life. I dare you in this season to believe God again for those promises that are written in his word that you've been waiting for to manifest in your life. I dare you to believe him again for the good in people, in society, in our country. I dare you to believe God and take him at his word, that the things that he has written are promises that are true for you, for me, and for our children. It's always been the strategy of the enemy to wear us down to where it appears that all hope is lost and there's no good that can come out of any situation that we're involved in. We see it all the time. We see it in our lives. And if you just search the scriptures, you can see it in the scripture. I mean, we read stories about Joseph. And when I think about the amount of trials and tribulations that he endured, but coming out on top, being sold into slavery by his own family, being left for dead, being accused of rape, being thrown into prison, being left after he was a blessing to those that were released, finally coming before the Pharaoh and being put second in charge over the nation's food and then being able to see his father again, whom he never thought he would see again. That happened over a period of years. And sometimes we struggle for months, for weeks, for years. But in the midst of all of that struggling, Joseph continued to keep a positive attitude. He continued to believe and have faith. And I know this because had he not kept faith, had he not believed, had he not lost hope, his life would have turned out differently. I'm so grateful that God has given us scripture that is written 
that enables us to be able to speak into our lives to encourage ourselves. God always comes through his through for his people. And he just wants us to be steadfast in the faith. Beloved, trouble does not last always, contrary to what it feels like. When I think of certain passages of scripture, I think about um, where the word of God tells us to consider one another and to stir up love and good works. And that's what I want to do in you today. I want to stir up the love that's in your heart. I want you to believe in the good works of others. I really enjoy this time of year because people are so much kinder and they spend so much more time giving, whether it be someone who has plenty and can give abundantly or someone who has little and can only give sparingly in our heart of hearts. All we want to do is to give. And I know that when we give, it releases a satisfaction like no other to see the smile on the face of the recipient of your gift. None of God's promises are outside of our reach, but they do come sometimes with much patience and endurance and a daily commitment to him. We have to confess day over day who we are and whose we are, even in the hard times, even when we don't understand, even when we're holding on while our fingers are slipping through the very strands of the rope we've already been holding on to for years. Believing when there's no reason to believe and trusting when all reason to trust has been shattered. God rewards the broken. We see it in the story of Joseph. He was broken down to the very last. I cannot even imagine going through all that he's gone through. But in the end, not only did he win, but his family won and the, the, uh, the lineage was saved. God has perpetuated his love and his faithfulness from generation to generation. He rewards the ones who have been used and abused And he is the one who will execute vengeance on his enemies. I want to give you a few scriptures of affirmation that you can confess over your life. I want to share with you, you are a daughter of the king. And this is from the Passion Translation. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I said it earlier, Psalm 139 and 14. I will praise you because 
I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. In Proverbs 31 and 10, in the Message Bible says, A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. And I'll leave you with this one. Psalm 139 and 13. You're always on his mind. You alone created my inner being. You knitted me together inside my mother's womb. I want you to know that the mathematics of your life determine your legacy. You were created in the image of God. And yes, you've made some mistakes. But you've had some great successes too. Your parents may not have been perfect, but you're still here. God has a plan for your life, and his plan is to prosper you, to be good to you, to love you, and to share you with the world. And today I want you to know that there's absolutely nothing that can happen to you that God is not already aware of. So place your trust in him. Give him your heart, your whole heart, and give him permission to use you for his glory. And you may say, why does he need permission? Because God wants a willing vessel. He wants you to want him as much as he wants you. He wants you to want to as much as he wants you to. Have you ever had someone offer to do something for you and they really don't want to do it? They're just doing it to get you to be quiet or because you asked them to, but you really don't feel like it. It doesn't have the same feeling as somebody who really wants to do it. God can make us do anything, but he's not going to. He wants you to love him with your whole heart because you want to. And I'm so grateful that he gives us his grace and his mercy and time to get there. Again, I want to thank you for tuning in. And I pray that the Lord would bless you, that he would keep you, that heaven would smile upon you, that he would be gracious unto you, that he would grant you his peace in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I love you. I look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, if you enjoyed this broadcast, then I'm asking you to send me a message. Check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, my site. Living Life with Pastor P. Com. Until next time, I'm Pastor P, and I look forward to sharing the gospel with you.